Welcome to Sunday Morning at Faith Assembly, featuring the ministry of Senior Pastor Phil Goss. We're glad you've joined us. Now, here's Pastor Goss. If you'll find your notes, you got them as you walked in, they were in your bulletin. We're in a series that we've entitled Identity Theft. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 10, once you had no identity as a people, now you're God's people. You see, once you become a Christian, you take on a whole new identity. And you are to live under that identity because of who you are in Christ. Now, the enemy, Satan, is going to do everything he can to get you not to do that. In fact, you know, here's what he's going to do. He's going to try to get you to live like you. Like that old nature that you have. To give in to that and to say, that's who I am. It's not who you are. Anyone in Christ is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Everything becomes brand new. And he's constantly battling you to get you not to live in the identity that you have as a Christian. And so what we're looking at is this understanding that we should have as who we are as Christians today. There was a man who understood this perhaps better than anyone else. The name was Moses. Because when you live in your identity, it is a delight. Life is so good. So we're going to talk about the delight of knowing who you are and knowing your identity. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 23. We're going to read the whole passage, then I'm going to break it down. It was by faith that Moses' parents hid him for three months when he was born. They saw that God had given them an unusual child, and they were not afraid to disobey the king's command. It was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. He thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking ahead to his great reward. It was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt. Not fearing the king's anger, he kept on going because he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. So when I know my identity, and when Moses knew his identity, what does it do for us? First of all, it disentangles my past. It disentangles my back. It, it makes everything more in order. It makes everything in line. It kind of straightens everything out. Now, this first verse that we read, it was by faith that Moses' parents hid him for three months when he was born. Why did they do that? Because at the time he was born, all the babies that were born to the Israelites were to be killed. So they hid him. They saw that God had given them an unusual child, of course, Every parent thinks that, don't they? In more different ways than one. They were not afraid to disobey the king's command. Now, if anyone would have the stamp of dysfunction written on their forehead, it would be Moses. I mean, think about this for a moment. New baby, hidden for three months. In other words, every time he cried, shh, shh trying to put him in a place where nobody found out that he was there. And then mom one day gets this great idea. I'll tell you what, we're we're going to uh, put him in a basket while the Pharaoh's daughter is down bathing, and we'll put him in a basket, let the basket kind of float by her, and she'll take him, find the baby. I mean, what mother woman wouldn't want to do that? And, And she'll watch for him. And so sure enough, that's exactly what happened. So... Moses is taken by Pharaoh's daughter and raised as Pharaoh's grandson. 
Now let's add another layer to this story. They find someone to watch him, kind of be the nanny, and guess who that is? His sister. Who loves being raised by your sister? So here's a kid being raised as the grandson of Pharaoh. I mean, they go for a chariot ride, they get his chariot seat, they strap it into the chariot, and you know, he's there, he's got the highest level of everything, most powerful figure at that time, almost in the world. He's the grandson, granddad dotes on him, he gets everything he wants, and at the same time, he's raised by a slave. Top of the ladder, bottom of the ladder. That would create some issues in life, wouldn't it? Who, are, who am I? How would this happen? What would take place? Can you say identity crisis? Am I the grandson of Pharaoh? Am I a slave? Uh, uh, who am I? You see... <laughs> No matter how horrible your past has been, no matter how dysfunctional your past was, God still has a plan for you. So don't think, well, I was raised like this and this and I don't know who I am. And you may have grown up under difficult circumstances. You may have been raised by who knows who, how many times and different times, you know, Everybody's past is kind of hard at times, but here's one thing we know. Despite all of those issues and what's been going on, God still has everything in control and he still wants to use you as you are. And so Moses had a past that needed to be untangled, disentangled. It it needed to be straightened out. And all the way through, he's raised this way and then raised this way. At what age did they start telling him, hey, you're really not the grandson of Pharaoh. You're really a slave of Egypt. At what age does he begin to try to figure this whole thing out? At what age does he come come to that place where, who am I? Here's a guy raised with an identity issue. But because he understands who he is, God can use him. And no matter how problematic your past has been, God still wants to use you. That's your identity. You are usable by God no matter what you've been through. Yay, yay, yay. Good deal. Yeah, okay. Okay. Horrible past, horrible thing. But here he is. Secondly, it demonstrates my spiritual maturity. You see, when I have this identity issue settled, I begin to grow and be mature in the Lord. Notice what it says about Moses here in verse 23 of Hebrews 11. It was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, what time was that? Don't know. Probably early, you know probably in his teens, maybe his early 20s. He refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Now notice that. When he grew up, 
the road to spiritual maturity is also a road to spiritual identity. The two are interlocked. They're put together. The closer you get to God, the more you understand yourself. And notice, by faith. A little phrase appears a few times in our text today. By faith, he, he did it. He could have lived in denial. He could have lived a double life. Well, I know, and sisters got me, and they take me back here to this place, and I covertly go into the Israelite community. I'll be like, just like them and everything. But when I'm with Pharaoh, man, I'll just enjoy everything that's going on there. And so a lot of people try to do that, don't they? But Moses refused to live a lie. So he understood that success comes from being the person that God created you to be, accepting who you are. You don't have to pretend that you're somebody you're not. And by faith, when he grew up, he understood who he was. That's a big statement, isn't it? That's a, that's a classic thing of understanding. Because if you don't understand who you are, you won't be able to be the person God created you to be. John chapter 8. Jesus spoke to the people once more and he said, I'm the light of the world. And if you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. And the Pharisees replied, you're making these claims about yourself. You're just bragging. You're just going off the edge. Such testimony, such statements, they aren't valid. They don't hold water. And Jesus told them, these claims are valid even though I make them about myself. For I know where I came from, and I know where I'm going, and you don't know this about me. There might be people who are telling you what you're not, but you better make sure you know what you are. Who you are. Whose you are. There will always be somebody to tell you, no, that's not right. You're not that good. You're not like that. But Jesus understood it. He says, look, I know where I've come from. I know who I am. And I know where I'm going. Well, that's a great thing to know in life, isn't it? Yeah, I know what my past was. I know it wasn't pretty. I, I know there's a lot of things Moses could have said that back there that were confusing and everything. I know that. But I know who I am. And I know who God called me to be. And I know where I'm headed. Look here in John chapter 13. Jesus again. He's got the disciples. They're gathered together to have the, the last Passover together. Jesus, it says, he knew that the Father had given him authority over everything and that he had come from God and that he would return to God. He knew that. You have to know who you are, where you're going. That's your identity. I know I'm a Christian. I know I'm called to serve God. And I know I will do whatever he asked me to do. Now, notice what it says. He, he knew who he was. He knew where he'd come from. He, he knew where he was going. So he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured water into a basin. He began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had around him. When you know who you are, you're able to serve others. When you don't know who you are, you're afraid to serve. Because you know what? What if I serve and people walk all over me? What if I do something and I don't get appreciated like I should? 
What if I do this and I do something wrong? Do you know who you are? Do you know where you're going? So this identity issue becomes a critical issue in the life of a Christian because without you knowing who you are, you're not going to serve like you should. And Jesus could do everything God wanted him to do because he knew who he was. He was confident in, I'm God, son, I am here. I know what's going to happen, but I know what's going to happen after that. And that's who we are. So this identity thing demonstrates spiritual maturity because Moses was able to say, I don't need to be called the son, the grandson of Pharaoh. Thirdly, it defines my responsibilities. When I know my identity, my responsibilities are defined. It it makes them clear of what I need to be doing and everything like that. And so in verse 25 of Hebrews 11, he chose... I'll stop there for a moment. He chose. God chose Moses, but Moses had to choose God. God has chosen you, but you have to choose him. He chose. Life is full of choices, decisions that you're going to make. He gives you the free will to make whatever choice you want to make. But please understand something. You are responsible for your choices. That's responsibility. I'm responsible. He chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. Now, maybe there's someone here this morning who's super spiritual and you think, oh, sin's horrible. Why would anybody do that? Sin is nasty. Sin is rotten. Sin is bad. (laughs) No, no. Sin is pleasurable. That's why everybody does it. But, and the Bible says that. But notice what else it says. Fleeting. Short-lived. Doesn't last. Pleasures of sin for a season. But then payday's coming. But then the results of your choices are going to line up. Sin is pleasurable, but the results of sin is not. And so Moses chose, look, I could be here with Grandpa, have everything this world has to offer, the finest of everything. I can enjoy everything that's going on. I can have this, I can have this, I can have this, but I choose to share the oppression of God's people. That's a huge choice, isn't it? You see, God created you to be responsible for some things. You are not responsible for everything. He won't hold you responsible for what gifts he didn't give you. You see, God doesn't expect me to sing opera. Yeah. In fact, he really doesn't expect me to sing much at all. But God does expect me to serve him by serving others. I'm responsible for that. Romans says this, each of us will give a personal account to God. There will be a responsibility that you and I have. And Moses assumed his responsibility Now, let me just say something to you. 
Being responsible means this. I won't blame others for where my life is now. People can hurt you. They can harm you. They can scar you. They can treat you badly. But people cannot ruin your life. That's your choice. Life is hard. Life is difficult. Notice, he chose to be oppressed. But that's okay. Life goes on. I can make all the excuses in the world. Well, I'm this way because of this, and I was raised like this, and, you know, this happened to me at work, and this happened to me back in my family, and, you know, I went through this thing once, so I'm never going to do that again. I'm never going to trust anybody again. I'm never going to love anybody again. I'm not going to ever do that because this all happened to me, you know, and when you begin going off like that, you don't know who you are. You think you're some product of all the bad things that have happened to you in life. You're not. Because when you become a Christian, all of that is gone. And you get to go on. And the great tragedy of life is not that you will mess up your life. It's that you'll waste your life. You're choosing. You can blame all the people you want. You know, we all know there's enough blame to go around, isn't there? Because there's no such thing as a perfect parent, is there? Now, I am the perfect grandparent, but I'm not the perfect parent. No, no, no. No, no, no. Nobody's perfect, are they? So, will I take responsibility for my life? Moses took responsibility for him. I got to make a choice. I'm going to choose all the oppression that my people are going through, all the slavery issues and everything else, rather than enjoying everything that the world has to offer me. My choice. I'm responsible. Can't blame anybody else but me. Because God says, look, here's who I made you to be. I'm calling you to do this. Will you follow me? Will you serve me? Will you honor me? Or will you just keep making excuses for who you are and how you are, for where you are. Well, I could be a lot happier if I wasn't married to this person. Uh, No, you couldn't. You won't be. Well, everything would be much better if this just didn't happen to me. No, that's your call. That's your choice. Life does a lot of things to all of us, doesn't it? All of us have had some difficult things in life happen to us, haven't we? Every one of us. So I choose whether or not I'm going to allow that to ruin my life, run my life, or am I going to allow God to run my life? I'm responsible for all of that. Moses took responsibility. Then, when I understand who I am, it decides my priorities. It puts my priorities in the place they need to be. In, In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 26, notice what it says. He thought, he thought, It was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than they own the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking ahead to his great reward. It helps in life to know what to focus on and what to ignore, what's important and what isn't, what's valuable and what doesn't matter. 
And so Moses comes to this place and says, you know what? I can have everything Egypt has to offer me. Let me put it to you another way. I can have everything this world has to offer me. I can have popularity. I can have power. I can have pleasure. I can have all the possessions that this world has to offer. Moses could have had it all because Pharaoh had it all. Wealthiest man in the world. And it's all his. I can have the heir to the throne. I can have all the magazines writing about me. I can be the envy of the world. I can have this and have this and go here and do that. I can have anything I want. And Moses walked away from all of it because he knew who he was. Because he knew what mattered. He understood the priorities in life. That fulfilling God's purpose is better than being popular. That serving God's people is better than all the pleasure this world has to offer. That having God's peace is better than all the possessions in the world. Moses rejected what millions of people spend their lives trying to get. Moses said new. No, to the things that everybody wanted. And he said yes to God. In order for you to have God's way in your life, you're going to have to say no to some things that everybody else and your old nature want so that you can say yes to what matters most. His identity established his priorities. This is who I am. This is what I'm about. This is how life works. Paul understood this in Philippians chapter 3, verse 8. We've been going through this book on Wednesday night. Here's what he says. He says, first of all, he had listed all the accomplishments that he had in his life. And believe me, he had a lot. And he says, everything else is worthless. Worthless. When compared to the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I can gain Christ. What the world has to offer us Christians is garbage. Don't act like a pig. Don't wallow in it. Don't long for it. It will never satisfy you. It will never provide what you're looking for. And what you have to do is understand the priorities are there because what you focus on is what you go after. And so you and I looked ahead as Moses did and understood what this world offers is temporary. It will never satisfy me. It will not last. But what God has to offer me is eternal and will bring great delight into my life. Finally, it determines my destiny. When I understand who I am, I know where I'm going, and I know what's going to happen. Notice this last verse of our section that we looked at, verse 27. It was by faith. There's that word again. Well, how do I know this? Faith. Faith means I don't get to understand it all, but I believe it because I see the principles at work. I see the truth that's there. Moses left the land of Egypt not fearing the king's anger. 
not fearing what grandpa would do. Now, if anybody knew grandpa, Moses did, didn't he? He kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. Will I keep my eyes on me? Will I keep my eyes on the world? Or will I keep my eyes on God? My choice. Because what I focus on becomes who I am. And it's what God wants. Am I willing to walk away from the past? Am I willing to walk away from the things of the world? You may be a product of your past, but you're not a prisoner of it. You can keep going on. God never wastes a moment. God takes everything going on in your life and he begins to work it for good. Well, I don't understand how you can do that. I don't either. But by faith, I know that God will. And thus, in another place, the writers to Hebrews in chapter 12 wrote these words. He says, look, since we're surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. All of us have an area of our life that we're weak in, don't we? All of us have an area that kind of hinders us from being the people we need to go. Don't let it slow you down. Don't let it give in. Let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. And we, how do we do it? Keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he's seated in the place of honor besides God's throne. Jesus set a pattern for us. He knew who he was. He knew what was going on. He knew where he was going to go. He endured the cross, and he was rewarded for it. Do you know who you are, know where you're, what you're doing, and where you're headed? It determines all of your life. And the enemy will do everything he can to steal your identity, to get you to think, well, I need this, and I got to have this. And, you know, God doesn't understand. And I've been through a bad past. And why would God let all that happen to me? It's not right. It's not fair. And you can be angry at him and mad at him all that you want. And Satan will steal that identity and push you there. But no, I've become a Christian. I don't understand everything that's happened to me. But I know God is faithful, and I will trust him, and I will follow him rather than everything this world has to offer me. God made you for a purpose, and he wants you to succeed. Colossians chapter 3, since you've been raised to new life in Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth, because heaven is real. Heaven is our home. Heaven is the place we long for. And so we set our sights on that place. God, I know I'm yours. I know who I am. I am here on this planet to do what you've called me to do, to serve you, to serve others. And I will do that with everything that is within me because what I want is what you have for me down the road at the end. Heaven's my home. I will live for that rather than this world. I will live for the future rather than the moment. And you can only do that when you know who you are. 
the enemy will do everything he can to steal that away from you, to get you to compromise, to get you to settle, to get you to get mad and upset, resentful, bitter, angry. He'll do everything he can to push you into that place so that you don't have what God has for you. Do not allow him to steal your identity because when you know your identity and when you live in it, life is a delight. Life is great. So how about you today? You read about Moses and everything he did and everything he went through. and Man, what a confusing way to be raised. And yet he still accomplished what God wanted. Are you allowing anything in your past to hinder you from being who God wants you to be today? Maybe it's been really hard on you. Life's hard. But God has something in store. Maybe you're a Christian today and you understand this, but you find yourself too often floating back to the world, back to this is who I am and what I like and what I want rather than what God wants. And maybe you need to address that today. Maybe today you're not a Christian. You're not serving God. Oh, you know all about him. You know all the stuff and all the things and you've heard a lot. But you haven't made that choice to say, I want to become a Christian. I want that to be my identity, not just about me. And maybe you need to make that step today. So whatever it is this morning, Will you take a moment between you and God and say, God, help me. Help me to do that. So would you just bow your heads, just a way to create a moment where nobody's looking around and nobody's talking and not be distracted. And would you just talk to God for just a moment and ask him to help you and say, God, this is who I want to be. Help me to let go of the past. Help me to be the person you've called me to be. Help me to know who I am in you. Lord, would you help us to be that person that you've created us to be? That's our identity. Would you not let us settle for anything else? Would you not allow anything that this world has to offer to distract us from you? For your life, you give us everything that we long for. Peace, joy, forgiveness, a future, a hope. Would you help us to live in that? Would you help us to know who we are? Would you not allow us to give in to the enemy as he tries to steal our identity? thank you for the life you have for us and for the joy that is coming to us. Help us to live in that, I pray. In thy name, amen. Thank you for joining us for today's service. If you would like to talk with someone about what you've heard, please visit our website at faith.ag or call us at 239-543-2700. If you're in the Fort Myers area and don't already have a church home, you're invited to join us for Sunday morning at 8.15 and 10.45 a.m. Faith Assembly is located at 7101 Bayshore Road. 
Join us again next week for Sunday Morning. Faith Assembly Sunday Morning is a production of Faith Assembly Media Tech, North Fort Myers, Florida.